It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Spring training is almost here, which means Cactus League action is forthcoming. And if you're planning to get out to Arizona to watch the Reds and any and all other Cactus League teams, the best way to get out there is visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans because you've got 10 stadiums with 15 major league teams all within a 50-mile radius of Greater Phoenix. So you can get to everything. And on top of that, you've got awesome landscapes. I mean, Arizona's known for its outdoor adventures and national parks, lots of great places to explore. But when it comes to the game, I mean, spring training, everyone is so laid back. You can meet your favorite players, get some autographs, and then enjoy some baseball in some nice warm weather. If you're like me and you live in the tri-state area right now, you're freezing your bunions off, head out to Arizona, warm up, and watch some Reds baseball. Best way to do that, visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Go there and book your spring training excursion today. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Garr. And here we go. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in. To the Lockdown Reds podcast. It is a Taco Tuesday. Hope you get yourself a taco today. On today's show, we're going to talk about yesterday's spring training game. There were a couple of things to really look at and think about. As the Reds beat the Dodgers, also have a question for you, and we're going to have a poll up at Lockdown Reds on Twitter for this question, but it's something that was posed by Lance McAllister on his show yesterday, and no one really called in and answered it, so I want to get your take. I want to see what you guys think about it, because I think it's a really good question. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting providers 
Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Garb with three F's and at the show at Locked On Reds. And save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Also, check out LockedOnReds.com for even more content there over at the blog. So let's jump into some news. It's going to be a longer news segment today. And the reason I say that is I just wanted to unpack yesterday's spring training game a little bit more. The Reds ended up winning and beating the Los Angeles Dodgers in Goodyear 6-2. They had 11 hits on the day. Very nice Overall spring training game for the Reds, plus some pretty decent pitching performances. Sonny Gray started. He did give up one run on a homer, but overall looked pretty good. And afterward, talked about the fact that he felt healthy. He felt good. He was working on some things. Trying. He he said one of the things that he was trying to do was to throw his curveball and throw it at 75 miles an hour or slower. And that's actually a really interesting thing to see him do, but he was able to do that successfully a couple of different times. Overall, though, looked pretty decent. And then Trevor Bauer came in. One of the the points to ponder in this one, because he came in, he pitched three innings of scoreless baseball, two hits and two strikeouts. But he had an at-bat. It was in the fourth inning whenever Matt Beattie was at-bat. And every pitch that he threw in this at-bat, Trevor Bauer signaled with his glove the pitch that he was going to throw. He was basically standing on the mound and telling the batter, here it comes, you're not going to be able to hit it. What happened? Beattie flew out to center field. Now, it was deep center field. It was a decent fly ball, but it was an out nonetheless. And it's funny because they talked to Derek Dietrich. Jim Day talked to Derek Dietrich later on in the game. And Dietrich said, if you followed baseball this offseason, there's a little thing going on with Stein stealing. And Dietrich told Jim Day, and he said, Trevor's not too fond of it. So he figured he's going to try something new this season. And he's going to start telling batters what's coming. Just here it comes. Try to hit it. I don't know about that strategy during the regular season. When we're talking about some important baseball games that the Reds' season hinges in the balance, I really don't want Trevor Bauer on the mound saying, here comes a fastball, uh, Cody Bellinger, see if you can hit it. Or, hey, Bryce Harper, here's a changeup, see if you can hit it. You know, things like that. I I like the bravado of it in spring training. It means nothing. If he gives up a home run, it's kind of a funny thing if he gives up a home run doing it in spring training. A little worried about it in the regular season, though. I like the message. I understand the message. I, I agree with his take. I think that the science ceiling thing sucks and the whole fact of batters knowing what's coming because of the digital way that the Astros and the Red Sox and those teams were stealing signs. Not great. Not, not, a, not a great thing. But if, if I'm – let's put it this way. If, if the Reds are tied in the standings with the Cardinals and the Cardinals come to Great American Ballpark and you've got Paul Goldschmidt up and there's runners on base and then all of a sudden Trevor Bauer is on the mound and he's pitching and he's, he's tossing a pretty good game, 
But then he decides to do this. And he's signaling pitches. And Paul Goldschmidt smacks one into the Ohio River because, well, Trevor Bauer told him a fastball was coming. I, I that's not going to be too good. That's not going to be a good reaction. So I get it. He's sending a message. But it at least gave us something to talk about here in spring training. Otherwise, performance-wise, the team as a whole, pretty decent looking. Jesse Winker had a good day. Joey Votto got his first hit of spring training. He had a liner back up the middle against a lefty. And actually, that was kind of a thing because the pitch, the Dodgers pitchers that they kept running out there were like all lefties. But the Reds had a decent amount of lefties in the lineup, and Jesse Winker was one of them. He had a two-RBI single in the first inning off of David Price. It was nice to see him hitting a lefty. Be interesting to see if Jesse Winker can add that to his game. And this is going to feed into my next topic. If Jesse Winker can... I won't say gain the ability. He's a professional baseball player for a reason. He has the ability to hit a left-handed pitcher. If he can consistently produce, there we go. If he can consistently hit against left-handed pitching, he is going to become a force in this lineup. He feasts on right-handed pitchers. That's why he is pretty much a lock to make the opening day lineup. We're looking at a platoon in left field. And what do you need when you get a platoon? You need a hitter that is really good against right-handers and a hitter who's really good against left-handers. If he can add that into his game, it's going to be a very interesting season. I mean, obviously, there's lots of things that is going to make this a very interesting season overall for the Reds. But if Jesse Winker becomes this all-around hitter, <laughs> that's just another feather in the cap that could hopefully be the 2020 amazingness for the Cincinnati Reds. Coming up, we're going to talk about a question, and it kind of involves Jesse Winker and involves all of the outfield. Going to ask it to you. There's going to be a poll at Locked On Reds. You're going to want to check that out and vote in it because I want to get your take. But first... So yesterday I was producing for Lance McAllister on Sports Talk. For those of you that don't know, for those of you in the back, I am a producer at iHeartRadio here in Cincinnati, and I've had the pleasure of working with a bunch of different hosts and different shows and stuff, and I enjoy working with Lance. And he had a topic last night, and and I asked him. I got his permission. I'm not stealing this from him. But I, I got his permission to use this as well on the podcast and it's a great question, a really good one that we had no response from, and I, I was perplexed by that because I thought it was a great question. Is the moment you've all been waiting for the Lockdown Reds Twitter poll of the day? The question is this: When you look at the outfield, and, and we're all wondering, boy, who is gonna, who's gonna be the opening day outfield? Who's gonna be the guys that make the roster? Let, let let's simplify things. Who's going to be the best outfielder? When you look at 2020, when when we are done with this season, we look back and we say the best outfielder for the Reds was, and I think we all pretty much know the answer to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here first. I I I think there's not going to be too much pushback with this. The best outfielder 
for the Reds in 2020 is going to be Nicholas Castellanos. I mean, he better be. He's getting paid a lot to be that way, but I, I, I think he is going to have a very good year, and that's not a hot take. That's not, you know, a minority thought process there. He's going to be awesome. The question is, who will be the second best Reds outfielder? Got to have three outfielders. So who's going to be the second best? Nicholas Castellanos is going to be the first best. Who's going to be the second? Because really, you you can make cases for and against pretty much every outfielder that's going to be on this roster. I mean, think of it this way. Obviously, we're not talking about Travis Jankowski. We're not talking about Mark Payton. We're probably not talking about Aristides Aquino. He's going to start the year in AAA, which... Hopefully he's doing fine. He looked all right. He got hit in the wrist by a fastball in yesterday's game, but he was able to make a fist. They showed him in the dugout. He was getting looked at by trainers. He was making a fist. It didn't look like he had limited mobility with his hands, so I think he's going to be okay. Hopefully that is the case. But that notwithstanding, pretty sure he's going to start the year in AAA because he still has an option year left. So he's probably not in the runnings to do this. And then also Scott Scheller. I mean, let, let's 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 be frank. Scott Scheller's not going to be a red this year. It's just not going to happen. So that that leaves the obvious candidates: Shogo, Jesse Winker, Nixon Zell, and Philip Irvin. The interesting thing will be is how does the platoon split work? Because most pitchers are right-handed. I don't know if you know this or not. Statistically, when you look at the pitchers in Major League Baseball, most of them are right-handed, which means Jesse Winker is going to get a whole lot of playing time if they're doing a straight platoon. So he's probably got a better shot than Phil Irvin. Phil Irvin's probably got a long shot at being the second-best outfielder. He's probably out. So we're looking at three guys now, Winker, Senzel, and Shogo. All of those guys have question marks. Winker, obviously, the platoon side, as well as the durability side, Senzel durability. And Shogo is coming from Japan, which most people say equates kind of like AAA. You know, if you're a really good AAA hitter, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a really good major league hitter. That being said, he's got that ability to see pitches, and he's got great plate discipline. That's a really good baseline to start with. It would not surprise me if he was the second best. Lance mentioned that he thought Jesse Winker could be the second best. And if he does expound on this whole hitting left-handers idea, then I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody better. But I think it's going to be Nixon Zell. I just have this feeling. I have this feeling that early on, he's going to play his way into an everyday role. Because right now, what, what do we keep saying? He doesn't have an everyday role. He's going to be a super utility guy. He's going to be coming off the bench, playing everywhere, all this other stuff. I think if he comes out of the gate in the regular season, hitting on all cylinders, just absolutely knocking the cover off the ball, they're, they're not going to be able to keep him out of the lineup. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. There was something that I was talking about, and it was on MLB.com. I believe it was Mark Sheldon that wrote it. Talking about Nixon Zell's feeling healthy and all this other stuff. But did you catch the little bit at the end? It said, though listed at 205 pounds from last season, Sinzel came to camp bulkier, but with more muscle after adding about 10 pounds in the offseason. And he had a quote at the end. Mark Sheldon did in this story from Nixon Zell. He said, Maybe I'm coming into some man strength, Senzel joked. 
It's just kind of happened that way. When you're here in Arizona and coming to the facility every day, Monday through Friday, there's a lot of time spent in this weight room. That's all I've done this offseason. I had no breaks, no nothing. I came here from the get-go. Dude's been working. He's been putting in the time. He's ready to go for 2020. I got to believe he's going to shoot out of this gate on fire. I think Nick Senzel will be our second best outfielder in 2020. And I will be so happy if that's the case. After all of the trade rumors, after all of the talk, yeah. You know, and I, I was one of them that said it. Yeah, I'd trade Nixon Zell for Francisco Lindor. Sure, I'd trade Nixon Zell for Corey Seager. How awesome would it be if he comes out in 2020 and just blasts all of that? Hits like 290. It'd be amazing if he hit 300. Hits like, you know, almost 300. Whatever. Let's say it. 300. It's like 20 home runs, like 80 RBI, scores 100 runs. <laughs> I would love that. I'd love to eat crow and say, you know what? It's a good thing they didn't trade him. But only time will tell with that. So anyway, that's the question. Who's the first best and who's the second best? I'm going to have both polls up. I'm pretty sure I know who's going to win the first best poll. I'm interested to get your take as to who you think will be the Reds' second best outfielder in 2020. That's going to do it for us here today. I know today was actually supposed to be the episode that I talked to Kareem Algazar. That's going to happen tomorrow. I had some technical difficulties, but we're going to have Kareem on talking about sports photography, what it's like getting that perfect shot. I also want to get his take on some red stuff too. He spent a week out in spring training. want to, you know, pick his brain, see who he talked to and see what he's feeling after having spent that much time around the team. That's going to be on tomorrow's episode. And the way that you don't miss tomorrow's episode is to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to this podcast on. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and the show, at Locked On Reds. Also, save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. I want to hear your reaction. Who do you think? How do you think the outfield stacks up with the best outfielder and the second best outfielder for the Reds in 2020? That'll do it for the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.